Producers without a clue. Seriously? That's what they call animation nowadays? How do you even sell a show? What the hell is a production packet? Oh yeah, it's gonna be animated. It's gonna be real cool. Wait, who's animating this thing? You've gotta believe in your own ideas. Everyone is pitching ideas! What do you have to join the Illuminati? We just have to do it our way! Animation has warped my sense of reality. I didn't tell him to draw that! <laughs> oh, it's all about the demographic. Okay, cool. Alright, so Producers Without a Clue, episode two, take one. Mm. Hopefully we won't have to redo it. Uh, oh. e- everything looks good on my end, so I think we're okay. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, I'm here with Michael Cook. Uh, co-founder of Valley Studios and creator of Chucky Chicken. And uh, I'm here with Brian Finley, uh, independent animator, as well as the creator of Mimsy and Dusty. Cool. So uh, episode two, I'm a little bit nervous about this episode. Uh, I felt really bad about last one having to ask you to re-record it because of technical issues on my end. Uh, So I'm... I, I feel like the gremlins are going to come out and, like, something's going to happen. But uh, anyway, um, I thought we could start off this episode with uh, uh, talking a little bit about some of the buzz in the industry. I just read that Ken Duncan uh, signed a deal with Nelvana to do a bunch of uh, yes. films. Like, how are you feeling about that? Well, I love Nirvana. You know, I mm-hmm. I um I grew up watching them. You know, Care Bears, Babar. You know, can, you know they're an amazing uh, Canadian animation company. Um, I only discovered The Devil and Daniel Mouse, and I just I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but I yeah. I love it. It's, it's so fantastic. I'm, I'm not a big fan of rock and roll, but I can definitely mess around with some. What? You know what? I I understand where you come from. I'm a fan of rock and roll because my animation instructor, Harold Duckett, worked on it. And I was so so taken by Harold and his talent that pretty much anything he worked on to me is just awesome out of nostalgic reasons. Um, so I, I am a big fan of rock and roll, but not necessarily because I think it's a tremendously awesome film. Uh, it's just one of those films that makes me feel good when I watch it. And I wonder what it would have been like to work in that bullpen with those artists during that time. Uh, because my instructor filled my head with all these stories about, you know, uh, his experience working on it and, uh, you know, I romanticize about what might have been if I was born 20 years previous or something like that, right? Um, but I, I hear what what you're saying about that. So you're a big fan of more of the TV stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, that's yeah. all I knew. You know, I, yeah. I'm in, you know, I'm in the United States. So, you know, we didn't get a lot of the Canadian films, you know, I mean, we got Canadian TV, you know, all, yeah. you know especially on like Nick Jr. and Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, um, especially in the early 90s. I mean, that was that, you know, Canada, I think, was doing a lot more earlier than even America was. Well, that that was also a big shift in style, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were getting away from 
yeah. animation and yeah. a, away from, you know, the He-Mans and all of that stuff. And they were really putting their energies into making high quality stuff. And I, you can definitely thank Who Framed Roger Rabbit and, you know, the Disney Renaissance for that. Yeah. And I, I, um, I, I, but I think Nirvana in particular, um, they've always had high quality animation. They've always been working on ones as far as I'm concerned. They've always done a really great job. I want to meet John Stalker so bad. I mean, he, he's one of my favorite voiceover guys. He was beastly in Care Bears and Basil and Babar, and he just has done so many voices. He was Toad in uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, I so I grew up with him. Uh, I would love to meet him and then work with him one day. But yeah, you never so. know. Could be a guest. That'd be fun. You know? Do you know yeah, him? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him, but uh, you never know. I mean, I've had a lot of guests on my other podcasts yes. that I didn't know. And, um, you know, sometimes people just say yes. So, you know, we'll reach out to him for sure. Okay. Because I'm a big fan of voiceover talent. There's uh, a few types of artists I have on the Drawn to a podcast, which is mostly an animation podcast. Um, but... I, I tend to break that rule when it comes to voiceover talent and musical talent. Uh, I'm sort of in awe of, of that skill set. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah. Voice, yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you're just having a conversation with somebody and they break into a character with a totally different voice and they go all Mel Blanc on you and you're just like, whoa. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, right? But uh, yeah, I'm wondering with this deal with Duncan Studios, um, I like now Vanna really perfected television animation, uh, producing animation for television, which right. uh, you know it's never the quality of a feature film, so. I'm anxious to see how they up their game, you know, right. because they've sort of been in that, not a pigeonhole, but they've been in that market for so long. And now they will have a chance to, you know, stretch out their animation wings and, you know, show that they're capable of much more than just the limited television stuff. Right. So I'm yeah. excited. So, um, yeah. and other, Speaking of the 90s making the huge comeback, we all knew that Animaniacs um, will be returning to Hulu November 20th. Um, but they also announced that Tiny Toons is getting a reboot. Tiny Toons Luniversity really? is going to be remade, and I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I'm worried they're going to mess with the style too much. I am too. Uh, yeah. And for me, because uh, I am, I'm, I'm friends with uh, people who worked on that show, um, mm -hmm. you know, and none of them got calls. None of them got calls to be involved in it, and that is just extraordinarily heartbreaking. You know, yeah. these guys. I mean, I'm thinking of folks like you know Tom Ruger and Paul Rugg and Sherry Stoner, and you know, those are the the three that come to my mind. That worked on four of the uh, four, five of the major shows in the '90s: Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, Toonsylvania, and Hysteria. 
six, I guess. Freak- Freakazoid was amazing when it, when it was uh, so ahead of its time in terms of <laughs> overacting characters, and it it was just amazing. I, I don't know. But uh, Freakazoid, I literally. Paul Rugg and Ed Asner. <laughs> yeah, so good. Oh my lord! I I, so I recently discovered Freakazoid. I've I've I saw it on TV when I was a kid, but I rediscovered it as an adult. Yeah. And oh my lord! Like I literally bust out. Like there, I was driving. I was driving one day while listening to it in the car, and like I was at a on my way to like a yeah, to a restaurant. I literally had to pull the car over and park for five minutes i was laughing so hard see that's how you know your cartoon is good when you don't even need the visuals so you can just listen exactly and then you gotta hit yeah exactly and those guys they managed to do that you know they they mastered animation characterization music storytelling uh the you know the sound design everything like warner brothers really I, i mean for everything that Disney was doing in the films, Warner Brothers was kicking their butt with television, as far as I'm concerned. That's that's me. yeah, that I agree. Well, at least in short form animations, um, in shorts, because the the they did all that before television distribution came around, right? Right. Um. So yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent. Um. That, that's why it's so exciting right now with Nelvana and this new deal. And we're coming off the heels of movies that have upped the quality bar like Klaus. Yes. Uh, although I have had guests on uh, Drawn to It podcast who are not a fan of Klaus. And they are industry, what I consider to be industry big shots. So it's it's all... It's all subjective, right? But who said, uh, who said who said they weren't a fan? Oh, I'm not getting into that. I'm. I think I might have even edited it out of the. Yeah, <laughs> but um, just bad. because I didn't want any backlash coming on this person, so. But uh, yeah, I mean, when you're coming off, see, when Klaus came out, so many of us who trained on paper. Uh, really felt like, oh, this might be a whole new thing for 2D. And we're we have have that same hope that we attached to Princess and the Frog, right? right? That was supposed to be the second coming of of 2D animation. Yes. Um hopefully the momentum will pick up with Klaus and more productions out of Spa and, you know, um other companies. But I don't know. I I mean, Ken Duncan is industry pro. I mean, he's going to bring the A game, you know. We're talking about, like, a sports, right? Yeah, Ken Duncan, first draft. You know, you've know. got to nerd about something when it comes to anime. Yeah. you got to. I mean, and especially with 2020 being the way that it has. I mean, everybody's been saying it, so I'm, I'm not going to yeah. go too much into that. You know, the horse is beaten to a bloody corpse at this point. Um, but, um, you know, there is going to be a huge animation boom coming in the next couple of years because Hollywood is literally going to be on its last leg. You know, nobody's yeah. releasing films. Nobody's filming anything right now. You well, know? there's, there's, a, a couple, they're YouTubers or podcasters. I'm not sure which, cause 
some people consider themselves one but not the other. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they they have a channel. She she gained a lot of notoriety several months ago when she released a video saying why I quit Disney. And it went like just gangbusters. Crazy viral, right? So her and her, I think it's her boyfriend, maybe just roommate. I'm not sure. Uh, but they, they live together and they put out these videos. And I just saw her latest thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched the video yet, but it's all about how Hollywood is crumbling. And this is the talk that I'm hearing on the podcasts I follow uh, who have a lot of celebrities as hosts and that type of thing. Um and it seems to be what you're saying. It's crumbling, and there's yeah. no longer a need for localized talent because everybody's creating their own content abroad. Right. I mean, whether it's podcasting or independent films, which, by the way, people can now shoot on $2,000 cameras and still have them look amazing. They don't need the $30,000 red camera or whatever, you know. I mean, um, and that's- like people don't care about that as sad as it is to say especially like for someone in animation who is all about capturing the look and feel of like the old days and the classic cartoon nobody cares about that nobody cares about how a cartoon looks they just want to make sure that it makes people laugh that you know it it's it's something that sticks in your mind if it's a memorable character design um if it's somebody that people are willing to come back and watch yeah, which I, yeah. which for me, I feel that, you know, and even on, you know, I'm going to put them on blast just because I freaking hate where they're going sci-fi. You know, they came out with those two shows not too long ago. And like one of them literally looks like a freaking flash animation drawn by a 10 year old back in 2005. And it's absolute garbage. You know, all of their oh. premieres that they've had. Cut um, to this cut to this five-year-old sitting in his their room going, damn, so harsh. <laughs> Get good, kid. Just, Get just good. a single tear going down, <laughs> writing I tried and marker on his mirror. I tried. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's any true. Any five-year-olds watching this podcast, do not ever give up on your dreams. Just keep drawing, keep doing your thing. And if you are a five-year-old... And you got your work on that show. God bless it, you. I hope yeah. the dollar check buys you all sorts of My Little Ponies or whatever. <laughs> but all I'm saying is that, you know, animation, you know, kids are smart and people are smart. You know, the audience is very, very smart. And by downgrading the look and feel of animation or your show, um, what was the, the one network? recently announced that they're going to switch all of their live action shows to animation for the next year. Did you hear about really? that? Really? Yeah. No. Uh, one network. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, let me look for it real quick. Cause, uh, Please I'm, tell me it's like an entertaining network and not one of the ones that just shows soap operas all day. No, no, no. no. I'm gonna, that'd be uh, the most boring animation ever. Right. No, no, no. I know. I, I, I heard it on uh, Clownfish TV. Uh, which is a good uh, news network um, on YouTube. They they do a really good job. Um, you know, little plug to them. Maybe you could put a hashtag and they'll maybe watch us or whatever. Um, let me find it here because uh, I just thought it was super interesting. This was uh, about a week ago, I think they did this. And the animated shows are going to stay canon? 
I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. Interesting. CBS, CBS okay. All Access is turning all of their live action shows into animated. They're, they're switching from live action to animation. Okay, so what does that mean? Uh, like, what type of shows are they talking about? Let me find the article here. Hold on. I, I, I'll tell I you just... one thing it means, because I, I did a podcast yesterday. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Hang on. Okay, go ahead. Right. What were you saying? Yeah, You're supposed to close those tabs before we do so that people don't judge you. you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. Just saying. Trying to help you out. Uh <laughs> So, <laughs> um, well, I was talking with Mike Parker, who owns Low Brow Studios, and I've done work with him off and on over the past. Yeah. I love Low Brow. Oh, I, I had him on yesterday. Or... Oh, my God. One of my favorites. Okay, cool. Oh I would, I'll let him know you're a big fan. Uh, I, I had him I had him on yesterday for Drawn to a Podcast, and... Uh, Did you really? Yeah, yeah. And he was saying how uh, a lot of the, a lot of what he's seeing now for the type of work coming into his studio mm -hmm. is just random, has to be animated. Like it would have been a live action commercial last year, right. but because of COVID and all the lockdowns and production is more expensive now because people have to follow COVID protocols. And so he said things now are just being animated for the sake of it's cheaper. Yeah. So I think one thing we're going to find is we may, for the first time in a long time, end up with a shortage of animators. Which is a beautiful thing for the industry, but it's a horrible thing for people like us who are <laughs> terrible. Um, I'm on Cartoon Brew here, by the way. And just okay, to cool. Of, uh, so I found it. CBS All Access is no activity. Um, switches from live action to animation for fourth season. So apparently what they're going to do, they're going to be the, the, the show, no activity for its mm. entire fourth season is going to be animated. So I'm not familiar with that show. Is it what what genre is it? Uh, it looks like it's a. Uh, I'm not familiar with it really. It's a uh, uh, it's a comedy about hapless detectives. It's got uh, Patrick Brawlman and Tim Meadows. So oh, cool. they're yeah. So they're going to be. So then the goal apparently is that they're going to be uh, as live action according to the article here. As live action shoots are canceled early in the pandemic, several live action series incorporated animation as a means to complete an episode or special, including ABC's Blackish, Pop TV's One Day at a Time, and NBC's The Blacklist. So, wow. yeah, so they're going to okay. be, yeah. I mean, I, I can see Blackish as being an amazing animated show. I, I you know, I, I feel bad. I've not caught up. I'm well, so I I think it's very much a three camera, uh, type sitcom. Not sitcom, but sort of sitcom. It's kind um, of like this kind of deal. Yeah, I, but I could see it translating very well. That's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, gives me hope because I'm gonna need paychecks coming in. So hopefully, hopefully that'll happen. <laughs> but hey, let. <laughs> Let me know where the work's coming in so I can maybe get a Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, 
Very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, one more, uh, uh, another thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, yeah. We lost a couple of great industry legends this past week. We lost mm. the, the, the James Bond himself, Sean Connery, passed away at the age of 90. And then a couple of days later... Uh, By the way, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just want to make a note on this. Sean Connery delivered one of my favorite voiceover performances for an animated character with Draco the Dragon. Yes. It is one of my all-time favorite voiceover executions. Oh, yeah. It was per yeah. Yeah, perfectly done. Absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Done. And uh, then uh, yesterday, uh, we lost Alex Trebek, famous Jeopardy host, uh, to pancreatic cancer at the age of 80. And um, I think it it's is rough. It's both heartbreaking, but if you think about it, it is also hilarious and i will okay wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i wasn't expecting that like that's a 90 degree if you are if you are an snl fan you will know why it is so hilarious think about it well i am an snl fan but i'm not getting the connection of the dots the celebrity jeopardy bits with will Farrell. yeah as uh, Alex Trebek and then whoever played Sean Connery. Oh, I see. Okay, now I'm connecting. I'm a dumb dumb. Yeah. Okay. That's a big reach, and that might be one of those like hashtag too soon things, but I'm going to leave it in the edit because it's funny to watch you squirm. You know what? <laughs> this is coming out in freaking January, December anyway. I don't care. Yeah, so, I'll, be, I'll be fine. That's you know, true. That's true. Will have passed, you know. It'd be like, God, yeah. Remember how funny we'll be watching this and going, "Yep, we know it. We called it." So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I loved, uh, I loved Alex Trebek. I love Sean Connery. So my condolences to their families. And you know, um, twenty twenty has taken a lot of great people this year, and they are proof of that. So they, you know, they say that everything hits in threes. I think it's hit in like. Well, it reminds you of your own mortality when your entertainment heroes start to fade away. Um, and you realize, because in my own head, I'm sort of still that kid. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've grown up physically and somewhat mentally. A lot of people would argue against that. But in my head, I still feel like the little kid, the little the Saturday morning cartoon loving kid, right? And so when uh, something comes up on my news feed, like Sean Connery passes away, I'm like, holy crap, and he was that old. And, oh, yeah, I'm approaching, I'm I'm almost halfway to 50 now. Right. For, you know, I'm 45, so I got, I'm from 40 to 50, I'm at that halfway. Right. Crap. It just, <laughs> it, it goes, man. It just. Oh, yeah. No, I know. know I, I'm, I'm getting that, too. Like, especially when, um who was it that passed away that I just really was not, I mean, it was super recent too. Um, you know, and then when you, for me, like I watch the old shows that I grew up with and I realize the people who are gone that I'll never get the opportunity to work with. Like I would have loved. That's a real thing. Yeah. That, you know, that, you know, I wanted to work with Alan Young. 
who was Scrooge McDuck for years and years and years and years. He died in yeah. 2016. Um, Wayne Allwine, I know his son, Peter Allwine. Um, he was the voice of Mickey Mouse from 19... 19- By the way, that, that voice for Scrooge McDuck was my entire education on Scottish culture. And I'm... I, I'm pretty sure, uh, like, I, I don't even know if that was put on or his real voice. I've, I'm not that up on it. All uh, I know I, is that yeah. I based all of my knowledge of Scottish culture on Scrooge McDuck and the way he talked in the cartoons. He was born in Scotland, but he was raised in Canada. So he, 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 he actually was Scottish. And when he moved to Canada, he actually tried very hard to get rid of his accent but right. then when Disney asked him to take over for Scrooge McDuck, because he wasn't the first voice of Scrooge. The right. first voice was Bill Thompson for the 1967 special Scrooge McDuke, uh, Scrooge McDuke, Scrooge McDuck and, his, and money, you know, back, uh, for the wonderful world of Disney. And then when they were doing um, um, a, a Mickey's Christmas Carol, you know, he did the album. He wrote the yeah. album, Mickey's Christmas Carol. He recorded it he did scrooge and he did mickey for that one as well and then the the amazing hal smith did uh, goofy uh and a few other ancillary characters as well yeah. um but um but yeah he had to refine his accent and he was scrooge for Crazy. many years so but it's so Crazy. sad like i to kind of get back to tiny tunes real quick and then we can move on I, I, I see oh yeah one. this all started with tiny tunes squirrel <laughs> Um, yeah. Mel Blank, he was set up to do that show. Like, imagine if he had lived into the '90s yeah. to be able to do those amazing projects that they did. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. Like, he died right before the animation got really good, so they could see, so he could see what. You know, I just I I just think it's super sad. Yeah. yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, we have a resurgence of animation coming about out of practicality uh, versus necessity, okay, out of Hollywood and all the production studios. So we're now at an age where 2D traditional animation is done digitally. Uh, people draw on the Wacom tablets, which I've got right here in front of me, this big thing. Um, yeah. So there are, uh, you know, they come in all shapes and sizes now. Uh, Nobody is doing shows on paper anymore, unless you're like one of the, one of the made men, uh, made women of animation. Like, uh, you know, there are certain shows that let their animators work on paper, and they scan the drawings. Um, very, very few of those happening. So all this new animation stuff that Cartoon Brew is talking about and the whole Ken Duncan deal, all that, if they're going to go down the 2D route, we're talking programs like Toon Boom, TV Paint. We're talking complicated 2D rigs. Or maybe we're talking traditional hand-drawn with uh, digital traditional cleanup, um, which I'm a big fan of. I really hate working with uh puppet rigs um I never it drives t- me crazy i never touch them if people ask me to do a puppet oh, job i will always i'll either they're, they're find good. somebody who can and yeah. can take a little bit off the top or i'll just flat out refuse because i 
I refuse to degradate my art by utilize. I mean, the only kind of puppets that I'll use are the ones I'll put on my hand. That's it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I th I think it's all personal preferencing. Like there are, I know loads of animators who, I mean, they're so much more talented than I would hope to be on my best day, and they use primarily two D puppet rigs, and you'd never know just because they've mastered the process of it's the process of working with it. Like there are. There are assets inside of other assets, and you got to drill into them and find them on the timeline and drill back out. And it's, like it just becomes inception, animation inception. Pretty and my much. brain short circuits because I'm a dum dum. I got to keep it simple, right? And uh, that's why I'm such a big fan of like storyboarding and that type of thing because I can just draw. Mm -hmm. And the programs like we're we're talking programs like. Uh, Toon Boom Storyboard Pro, that's great. Right now I'm doing storyboards and animatics and Flash, and that's such an ugly program for the lines look horrible. Uh, even it's it's just awful. It, it, you and, know, I uh, refuse to, to. You know, I I just I don't know any animator worth the salt. I mean, if you're gonna do Flash. Flash, I think, was made for puppets or for sprite animation, you know, like with lowbrow. Um, there's, there is a purpose for Flash to get stuff out quickly. And I think at the time, I, I mean, it's called Adobe Animate now. I mean, Flash yeah. is dead, you know, by all. There's yeah. no browser that supports it anymore. But that was the thing. It was created to make webtoons. And now I think we're really blurring the line where, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there were webtoons and then there were, you know, TV tunes, film tunes. But now we're getting to that point where over the years, that line is now slowly starting to disappear because yeah. there's stuff online on YouTube that is a thousand times better than the garbage that is being put on the airwaves today. And it's hand drawn, or it's di it's digital animation, um, and um, you know I, I really feel that there is a. Um, I really hope that you know people are. And he here's the funny part: in the U.S., we're the we're the lazy ones. We're all over the world. They're still learning how to do animation the old-fashioned way. And I see. You know, these amazing European animators coming out and doing all this great work. I'm like, why are you over there? Why aren't you here? <laughs> you know, I, I've, uh, I've done work that I'm very proud of in Flash that's had a very traditional feel to it. Um, a good buddy of mine, Chris Weem, uh, was one of the best Flash animators I've ever worked with. And he's a 2D classical guy. And he's feature film guy. Right. Um, but when he came on board, I was working at Disney at the time. And he came on board. And he was doing rough animation in Flash that looked like any pencil test you'd find anywhere. It was beautiful stuff. Possibly. However, it was a lengthy process because you didn't have that, that uh, line quality of light to dark you had thick to thin, but the light to dark really 
is what gives you that depth. You, you know, going over a certain spot to darken in and that type of thing. But somehow he pulled it off. And you want to talk about some beautiful animations. Uh, really inspiring. All of us upped our game after he came on. We we're all like, "Oh, geez, we gotta, we're gonna get canned if we don't yeah. match him." <laughs> you know. Oh well, thank you. Now, now we gotta work hard because of you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, Mister Talented Guy. But uh, no. You. What if what what projects did you do for Disney? I never got a chance to ask you. Oh. I, I worked on, uh, so Disney only had one office at the time, uh, if you don't include Pixar, had one office in Canada in Kelowna, BC, and they were heading up the Club Penguin uh, property for Disney. Okay. Um, Disney bought it off some uh, Kelowna-based uh, cre- creators, and um, Disney bought it. It was a huge phenomenon. I mean, just millions of kids online MMO game. You could oh, yeah, couple, up, upgrade your characters. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't work on the game art part of it, but I'll tell you what, now I'll go to my grave saying this. There wasn't an artist there who I wasn't intimidated by because they were all feature film level artists and they were doing what at simple glance appeared to be very simple artwork in the game. They treated it like a feature film. I'm talking walls covered in concept art that was shaded and and rendered beautifully. And like it, it was like working inside of an art of book every single day. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I worked on the marketing team, so I was uh, part of a team that would concept commercials to be played world, you know, different demographics in the, in the world, mm-hmm. promoting whatever the new big thing was for Club Penguin, whether it was a Halloween party, a Marvel Avengers crossover. So my my role would be uh, storyboarding, concept the commercial, pitch it, get it approved, and then I would on on the ones I would concept, I would be the lead on it. So I'd give out, delegate the workload to the other team members. Nice. And then uh, it would come back to me. I have to put it together in uh, After Effects right mm-hmm. to get it ready for broadcast and right. then sometimes one of the other team members would be in charge of you know concepting it and that type of thing and then my role would switch to support talent to help them see their vision through and it sort of went around that way amongst two or three of us there for geez quite a while it was amazing because i would get to direct and I would get to also learn from other super talented people when they were directing. Mm-hmm. And it, it really sort of shaped my, uh, sharpened my skills for getting a, a, a project across the finish line when you've got very little resources. Mm-hmm. So it taught me how to prepare a production. Uh, we called it scope in Disney, how to keep the scope within what your resources were, but make it look like it was well beyond it, right? So that, it was fun. I miss it. I miss it a lot. Great people that I worked with. 
a lot of people had bad experiences working at big studios and that, but for me, I lucked out. It was fantastic. Well, I, you know, that's, that's good to hear. Like I know that, and you've said, you know, on the John to podcast, I remember you saying that you were one of the guys that um, you worked your ass off and you, you know, you took it seriously while there are a lot yeah. of people who didn't. And well, I, think- I was so terrified of being fired almost every day, not because they were, I was working for monsters, right. they were just looking for excuse to ax people. It wasn't that at all. I just felt so intimidated by the talent that yeah. I was, you know, I'd go out into the coffee room, I'd be standing next to people that I know could just go to LA and work in feature film like it was nothing. You right. know, so, and yeah. I've always been an artist that, like, I've got a, uh, it's hard for me. Drawing's hard for me. I, it's not something that comes natural to me. And like, I really got to search for what I'm, what I want to draw. I can't just put the line down perfectly and there it is. You really? Know? Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you, yeah. I mean, I've seen your stuff and you're an amazing animator. I don't, I don't, I like that to me that, like I've seen your stuff, uh, especially the, uh, the the one little test that you did not too long ago, um, with oh with uh, Doctor IQ. Yeah, with with yeah. The- well, thank you, man. I I appreciate that, but I I promise you, it's a it's a struggle for me. It really is for two reasons. One, I it, I just have to search for the drawing. I'll do I'll do my first pass, and then. I'll lower the opacity. And I'll draw over top of that to try to plus it, right? right. Um, and I might do that a few times. But I also have uh, hand tremors that come and go, and uh, that can really make drawing uh, really bad. They've been okay the last month, but uh, I, I've had times where I couldn't even like hold a pencil. Oh, uh, no they're called the essential tremors. I, I, I thought I had Parkinson's for a while, but... Uh, my doctor said they're called essential tremors, and they tend to get worse the older you get. Um, so, yay. There you go. That, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's. Um, let, yeah, let's. Uh, let's switch over to Chucky Chicken, and what do you got new in the hopper? What's going on? <clears throat> well, this past week... We have been uh, working on our our Christmas cartoon, which by the time this comes out, it will have already been released and done and ready to go. I'm praying. Um, <laughs> so, um, but uh, so it's called Carolers of Clucking, and the the original concept for this cartoon was going to be about Chucky Chicken on Christmas Eve, uh, trying to get to to sleep. And the carolers were, you know, there's going to be a group of carolers coming out and singing to him. And he would just be kind of a bit of a grump and slam the door in their face. And then they would just continue to pop up all over the place in his house and just drive him nuts. Mm-hmm. And the, it was supposed to be a longer five minute cartoon. I, you know, I, I wrote the whole thing out. <clears throat> I actually inspired the carolers themselves um, to be kind of like the lonesome ghosts from the Mickey Mouse cartoon. Like I wanted yeah. to be able to have like that fluidity where they could just kind of like appear anywhere. And then at the end, um, I, I, I don't want to ruin it because, you know, there, there may be a chance that we'll do this later on, like the longer version. But um, mm-hmm. let's just say that, you know, it just turns out to be um, a, a very chaotic yet 
of resolved ending. I'm just going to leave it at that. So I wrote out the cartoon and I was pitching it to people. And the one thing that people came to me was like, well, when do you want to get it? When do you want to get it done? I said, well, you know, I'd like to get it done by um, December 15th. You know, so that way it can be out and people can see it. Okay, wait a minute. How long ago were you pitching it to people? Right before Halloween. So the week of Halloween. Okay. So, and then... That's it, ambitious. That, that's 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 the face that I got. So you're telling me <laughs> to make a, a five and a half minute cartoon in like a month and a half. And I said, yeah. I've done it before. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I almost killed myself, but I've done it yeah. before. And then I, I, I stepped back from you know a little bit. I'm like, you know, maybe I don't want to kill myself again. Maybe we should dial it back a bit. I mean, I just got the- well, and then you get to put more time into quality versus quantity, which is right. something I'm learning to uh, reconsider with my own stuff as well. So yeah. You know, congrats so it, on making that decision. Yeah. yeah, so it was a it was a really tough call, but I was like, you know what, maybe. And then to make it to make it even you know more logical for me, the animator that worked with me on um, on uh, the the last Chucky cartoon that we did, Zappo Lantern, which I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he worked with me on that, and that was just ten seconds of animation. You know, so yeah. now. I want to go to the next step and I want to, um, you know, I, I, it would, it would not be fair for me to be, Oh, you did a great 10 seconds. All right, let's go do five minutes now. You know, that would be right. insane. So I'm like, okay, let's dial it back. Maybe instead of 10 seconds, let's go to 40 seconds, you know? So I re I scrapped everything that we had done before and I did this new animatic, uh, which, um, I will send to you that you can, splice here so people can see well you could just do a screen share if you want i can do a screen share okay let me do that that actually worked out very well oh does it in episode one yeah it works out great okay well then let me pull it up here for you so then you can see it um here we go Fall stuff, all the that's great. Um, so that was so that was the 40 seconds that we were gonna do, and I was I I laughed out loud at it, I thought it was one of the funniest bits. But um, I showed it to a few friends, and then I also showed it to uh, my uh, 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 to Tom Ruger himself. Turn off your screen sharing so I can oh, sorry, see hang on. your, hold your on. handsome face. Okay, hold on, let me stop. <laughs> Okay, you can see my face again. There we go. Okay, so I, Thanks, I ended man. up sharing it with um, a good friend of mine, and uh, uh, you know Tom, and he looked at it, and he, you know, he asked me the the hard questions like, I don't get it. You know, where did the snow come from? You know, 
why does Chucky hate carolers? There's nobody who hates carolers. I mean, and that doesn't even like fit Chucky's personality. And then when he hit me with that, I'm like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Because if if anything, you know, if if you know, I love carolers so much that if a bunch of carolers came to my door, I would go out and I would just start caroling in with them. So right. I was talking with my with my co-producer Aaron Barogan, and he and I kind of brainstormed. If it's not Barogan, don't fix it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was right there. I had to. No, 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 no. That's actually the name of a show that we do. If it's not Barogan, don't fix it. So that's actually- <laughs> no way, really. Honest to God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's his podcast that he, he he does like he did this podcast a long time ago, like this um um oh my god, he did this vlog, excuse me, not podcast, a vlog, and we called it if it ain't Barogan, don't fix it. So oh, good minds. That's so funny. Great minds. <laughs> yeah. See, we're right on that same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. So Rogan and I were talking about it and he's like, Well, why don't you just have the carolers go up, you know, why don't just have Chucky go out with the carolers and just start singing along with them and he's terrible at singing and of course that just broke me and i'm like apps you are 100 percent right that fits the character so much better so i yeah. went ahead and flipped I the read, script I, yes yeah we flipped yeah. the scripts instead of chucky being a grumpy gus uh hating christmas and being a scrooge i was like you know what no that is not chucky chicken at all if anything he would be you know all for it so yeah. let me go ahead and show you the revisions that we did, or that okay. I did. Hit, hit screen share and share now, whatever. Okay, hang on. It's getting there. Okay, here we go. Start sharing. Okay. So here's the new uh, animatic. So it would pick up essentially a- after the carolers start singing. So Chucky yeah. would come out. He'd, you know, close the door and then he'd come out in his top hat, his scarf, his jacket, just ready to go. There'd be a knock at the door and then it would be Tommy Turkey, who would be just grumpily looking at these carolers getting ready to sing. And then the carolers, of course, would be going, you know, uh, they. this is where they would sing. Uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. You know, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And then out of nowhere from the side, we just hear you know, Merry Christmas and all you kin and all the people at the Fakey Pudding, you know, just like this terrible. Yeah. And then we got the Chucky and he's just doing, you know, oh, lady, I love you. Oh, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, John, Tommy is just disgusted with it and he slams the door and the final post, Fakey Pudding! <laughs> and then yeah. a bunch of snow falls on Chucky. You know, and then, of course, the carolers form the plateau and sing the final, you know, and a happy new year or whatever the line's going to be. And then Chuck, as the iris out, is about to join them with them. Then the little caroler slaps him in the face with a do not open till Christmas tag. And then there's the iris out. Oh, that's that's great, man. So that's. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. So that's the new version of the cartoon. And then I also have here uh, storyboards or, or model sheets, I should say. Showing you the model sheets. This is going to be Let's fun. See right. second here. Um, so we got uh, boom, 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 boom. 
Oh, and then I will also show you, um, hold on, one more. Sorry, hang on. I, yeah. I, I kind of up here. I'm trying to open a few more things here. and That's okay. We sure. can edit it out. It's all good. Okay, okay here we go. All right, so, ah, yes, perfect. All right, so let me do the screen share again here for you. Wait a minute. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this, so this was Caroler number one. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we I did these very rough model sheets, and then this was supposed to be for the ending, where there was just going to be this swirling vortex where all the characters, where, where all the Carolers were kind of, creepily surrounding Chucky and then he would wake up and then it would be his alarm clock that has all the Christmas carolers Christmas carols coming out um so that's why there's these creepy versions of them as well on the side but then here's caroler number three uh and then the little guy caroler number two right here I didn't get a chance to do the girl yet um, that she's next, but I love these guys. I think these guys are such cute designs. Again, I was really inspired by the lonesome ghosts um, from uh, from the Mickey short. Um, their hats, they're you know, are kind of bigger, and they had multiple sizes, but they looked pretty similar, if not exactly yeah. the same, to each other. And I'm like, see, I I could see you thriving as a, a character concept artist or character designer. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I love I love this guy. He's got a bit of a Napoleonic complex, you know, because the, the gag was that after the first slamming of the door, he would have pulled the old Bugs Bunny and gone, of course she had, no, this means war. You know, right. <laughs> kind of yeah, deal. Yeah. And then here's the carolers lined up with Chucky uh, with colors, uh, basic colors that they had a, you know, idea. And there, there's the, the female one there as well that I got to still design. Mm. And then... For the backdrops, we recently went ahead and we got, um, which I'm actually super excited about this, we got Chucky's house all decked out for Christmas. Ain't this cool? Cool. Yeah, so we got our first shot kind of already. So who painted it? Uh, No, this was actually done by our um, uh, one of our background artists, uh, Inka Van Galen. So she and her... Shout out to Inka. Inka, yes. Yeah. She she designed Chucky's house, uh, redesigned Looks Chucky's great. house. Um, and then she, of course, put the snow on. I, I'm not a big fan of the the greenery <laughs> you know, being covered in snow. I got to talk to her about that. I'm like, uh, you know, the, the trees. It's what would happen, though. Probably. I mean, I don't know if these are uh, evergreens or if these are like regular perennial bushes. We haven't made that call yet. But Yeah, either um, way, though, I I think it looks really good. Thank you. And then yeah. um, w- uh, one of our prop designers, Addy Kid, uh, came up with this adorable little snowman design. And yeah. just like, we- I love can it. Can you zoom in on it? Uh, I think so. Hang on. Let me see if I can. There we go. Uh, yeah. This adorable little snowman. Yeah. I just thought it was so cute. So he's yeah. so now he's in it too. And yeah, the the team has been doing such a, a fantastic job. I don't know if you're seeing me or if you're seeing Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Um so that's what we're doing right now. And uh so this wow. Yeah, so this past week was um cuz I w- the the plan was to start animating this week and now it's like well, now we can't do that. But um we also are bringing on another amazing artist by the name of Magpie Raven. Um, she has worked on shorts such as uh, on shows like Has Been Hotel and Hell of a Boss. 
Uh, she also helped her friend Paul with his uh, anime, with his show Sir Mayhem. She's, you know, she's based mm-hmm. on uh, the UK. Very, very sweet girl. And I showed her Chucky, and she's like, "Oh, I want to be involved. How can I be involved?" I'm like, "Well, that's what so cool." Yeah, she's like, "Well, I, I could do, uh, I can do backdrops." I'm like, "Okay, you're on." So yeah. Um. So I let Imka know, like, "Yeah, you got another person helping you with backdrops." She's like, "Oh, I'm excited. Okay, that that works for me." So, um, so yeah, I, so. I'm very excited. I, I feel a lot better about this version of the cartoon. And that's that's the thing. Like that it was a lesson in knowing your limitations, knowing ooh, how much time you have to do something. Cause yeah. I could you know, I could have easily been like, nope, we're sticking with the five minute deadline. That's you know, I'm gonna push you guys to make this even better. But then it probably would not have turned out as good. This way, yeah. I know that if it doesn't turn out good, something went wrong. But yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a solid story. I think it's a solid concept. I'm excited. I can't wait to do uh, Chucky singing the "Oh Lady." You know, I just I and that is that is. I thought you guess all Jerry Lewis. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is that you know I. I, 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 I'm kind of hesitant to show Tom because that is based off of a character that they did with Animaniacs called the director who was, Oh yes. Yes. I remember. Yeah. yeah. So and yeah. Por- performed amazingly by Paul Rugg, by the way, just, just right. amazing guy. I, I know a lady with high heel shoes and I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was I I laugh every single time I see that character and every time I hear that character I just can't help but just bust out laughing, and I'm just like, screw it, Chucky is gonna do this like that is what Chucky's gonna do, and yeah. I think it's just too perfect to not. <laughs> to not. Yeah, that that's great. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a good feathers. Yeah. I loved when they did a episode with them, because I. I got it even without having seen the movie yet. Right. I still got it, you know. Yeah. Um, I get cool. To be honest with uh, so I've got some stuff to yeah. show. Your Let's Your see. So what I'm about to show you is a bunch of work in progress stuff um, for Mimsy and Dusty. Uh, we talked about it on episode one. Uh Mimsy and Dusty is a preschool property that uh, we're working, me and the team of artists that's working with me, we're working on the 11-minute pilot so we can pitch it. Um, So what I'm about to show is just various works in progress or tried attempts and fails um, because we're doing it all in Blender. And none of us know how to use Blender. We have 3D backgrounds but we've not used Blender. So. And that is a tough program to learn. It's open source, but it is still very, very difficult to get a hands-on. So. Yeah. So let me see if I can do this here. Yeah. Because the last, the last thing you showed me was the fur test, which was very cool. It looked like a, a worm wearing a... Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, let's start with the plushies here. Oh, um, my lord yeah so i had them these are the most expensive prototypes most <laughs> expensive uh plushies i've ever bought in my life each one was about 250 uh but on the plus side their pattern is in storage now you mean uh, on the, the plush side 
Right. <laughs> so they're, it's in store. So anytime I want to pull the trigger and get a mass order made, uh, I can. Or I can start over because the designs are probably going to change a little bit once we convert them to 3D. So they look absolutely fantastic. I mean, I would love to see these guys turn into 3D, honestly. But they, I mean, they look great. Well, we're we're trying to we're trying to be very true to the character. It's just what like 2D works because you can cheat your butt off, right? Right. Um, 3D, it's a little more uh, literal, and you can still cheat in 3D when you're animating to the camera. It's just uh, a trickier situation. Um, right. So yeah, so those are the plushies, and they make a big impact in a meeting. I've had one pitch meeting where I actually brought them out and, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's quite raw. Uh, the uh, the person I was pitching to was really uh, almost ready to put some sort of deal together based on the plushies. Uh, wow. But, yeah, uh, the just seeing merchandising potential. But problem is you, you got to have a hit before the merchandising means anything, right? Yeah, but it does it, yeah. it it doesn't hurt to have an idea of what you want to do for merchandising, and those are right. Those are. I mean, yeah. I I also you know I paid um um a hundred and fifty bucks to get a a little three D sculpt of Chucky done. So I'm gonna be I'm working on that to come back. But the next step would be to get a plush toy of him, and then yeah. once once I get that model, uh, I'll have the three D. Uh, image so that way I, and, and then I, I have the studio has a, a crap ton of 3d printers so yeah. we can yeah so we can make those models again and then the goal That's is super then cool. the next year wait a minute the, yeah. you have 3d printers I valley have, studios yeah. does yeah i i well valley studios okay so valley studios is taking residence inside of a maker's studio in davenport right called QC Colab. Um, so the Maker Studio, basically, uh, we pay a, um, a membership fee, but in the Maker Studio, we have access to woodwork, uh, to metalwork, to uh, any, you know, to, to clay work, uh, to... Okay, uh, there's conversations we have to have off air. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Been, that sounds amazing. I've been thinking about it too. Yeah. So, so, and when I saw the 3d printers, I'm like, you know what? Um, it's worth it to get a, a 3d model of Chucky made. And then yeah. if I get the 3d model, then if I can get the, the sculpt and then we can make them in a, in our 3d printer, yeah. then it works. So, yeah. and then, so the goal then is to get all the characters lined up for the next year. So by this time next year, we'll have not just Chucky, but, Chelsea and Louie and Margarita and the rest of the gang. Yeah. So then I can have like a prototype PVC set. Cause I love, oh, PVC. Yeah, yeah. I love PVC uh, toys. Like, yeah. you know, they, the Disney store does this all the time where they have like sets of like six or seven characters in a box. Um, and I just think that those are the coolest collectibles because oh, I got super cool. I got yeah. one Rugrats. I got the Rugrats gang on my shelf with Tommy, yeah. Ducky, Phil, Lil, and Angelica. Anyway, yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. So Mimsy stayed the same, but Dusty changed quite a bit, it looks like. Yeah, so Mimsy stayed mostly the same. Um, and yeah, Dusty went through a complete overhaul. This is one of the first sketches I did of them. This was like, they were just thumbnails, just, you know, uh, working it out in my head. But they weren't, I mean, my wife thought they were cute at the time, but I wasn't fully feeling it. Mimsy, I was fairly happy with. Uh, the big change with her uh, was her her uh, belly Stump. fur got turned to white, and tips of her toes and her and her uh, hands there. So, but Dusty, Dusty was just I don't know. I I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with the uh, box and then the circle looks on like top. He came out of Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, right. It, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, just totally has that phone. vibe. <laughs> like the the vulture from uh, the Jungle Book, yeah. Jungle Book, yes. No, I agree with that. On the phone, he'll voice him for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is Captain Boom Bam. Yes. Um, next episode, I will show part of the uh, eleven minute pilot animatic, and we'll yes. see Captain Boom Bam in his airship and. All that type of thing. But this is him. Uh, very much sort of the same shape as Dusty. Uh, without his hat, he has a bit more of a cone that mm -hmm. goes up. Like, I don't know if you can see my cursor, but yeah. if I was going to take his hat off, he has a bit more of a cone-shaped cone head, whereas mm -hmm. Dusty is totally round. Okay. Um, Do you have a got the, him? I haven't decided yet. Oh. Uh, I've... I've tried a few different schemes and I've been happy with all of them until I haven't been. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still fooling around with it. I want it to feel piratey, but very, um, I, I don't know, very, very friendly regardless. Like I, obviously it's like this old dusty, minor pilot type design right but i right. want him to feel friendly to little boys and girls equally um so kind of like a hybrid of captain uh captain hook and mr smee i would yeah I mean, that that's where i would go with that i'd make the the hat bright red and i'd make um the pants like a teal blue um depending on what his color is um you know i'd make his beard gray his nose pink um yeah he's yeah. definitely gonna have the pink nose that's the only thing that i've stuck with <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so i'm quite excited for animating him i think he's gonna be uh assuming you know we end up producing any amount of these episodes i think captain boom bam will be a fan favorite um, as a secondary character I love him. I think he's fun. Thank you. Um, so, and here I've started on designing the airship uh, for Captain Boom Bam. So I don't yet have the cannons on there. Um, and the only thing is cannon shoot is uh, confetti and fireworks. That's it. Right. Uh, he's, he's just a big, boisterous, here I am and I'm a lot of fun. 
you know. Um, right. So he's not trying to knock other ships out of the sky and that type of thing. So the world of Pretenzi has a lot of giant mushrooms all over the place. So I carried that theme through uh, going over the windows. This would be like a bamboo slide on the deck. Um, he'll have like a climbing rope beside it going up to an upper platform. So I have to do a top-down view of this, as well as if you can imagine the camera in the bow looking towards the stern. I have yeah. to draw that point of view too, so that uh, the artist, uh, Courtney Guthrie, who is going to model this, uh, so that she can have the absolute best amount of information and angles so that her interpretation fits the design as closely as possible. I think it looks fantastic. I love the uh, love the helm at the top. Um, I love the. It, it just it's so. I w I want a model of it. You know, I want like a place <laughs> of it. Yeah, that'd be uh, so fun. I'm excited to see it all finished next week. I'll have the design totally finished with the cannons and all of that. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of fun working on this one. I'm cheating the perspective here on the bow and the stern but that's mostly for the benefit of uh courtney when when she gets it but i think it's uh going to be a lot of fun to work with and we're going to rig it so that we can inflate and deflate the air balloon a little bit oh um, that's so fun like a steamboat willy kind of thing with the two pipes going up and down oh that'd be so fun yeah so there's uh you know, and this blade will be spinning, and uh, there's going to be more ropes. Captain Boobam's always swinging around on a rope, and that's a direct ripoff of watching um, uh, Fantasmic at Disneyland. They had uh, Peter Pan coming yeah. by in the big ship, and yeah. he's just swinging around all over the place. And I, I had already thought of Mimsy and Dusty at that point, and I remember thinking that would be just amazing, you know, uh, to have a, a pirate. Now, I, I got a question for you. I don't know if you saw, but I gave him a peg leg back yes. here, right? And I'm a big fan of the peg leg. I like the peg leg. But uh, I'm wondering, in today's climate, is it appropriate? I don't see why not. To be honest with you, I think um, peg legs are so ingrained in pirates. You know, I think well, I definitely followed the iconography of what pirates I mean, are known are for. Eye patches appropriate in, in today's climate, you know, are true. Yeah, you know, tattoos appropriate. You know, so I yeah. think you know are swords appropriate. I don't think it's really appropriate. I don't think it's really being you know appropriate. It's staying true to the character and if right. captain bam has gone on so i mean that's part of his character he's gone on wild adventures and maybe uh that could be part of his backstory where he was such a brave pirate but now he knows better than to go on too wild of adventures because well, i i wanted to do something where like he's a rabbit right or a rabbit like creature him yeah. and mimsy and dusty they're rabbit like and i right I don't know that I ever want to touch on his backstory, but if it did, something about Lucky Rabbit's foot 
and being given to like something magical so that it was it was given up and he got a peg leg but he felt no pain type thing it was just a magical thing that happened i i don't know but i thought there could be some funny thing worked in with the the whole lucky rabbit's foot scenario i think that's very clever and if anything i would assume that they're dust bunnies so they wouldn't hurt anyway right yeah well i mean dusty is supposed to have little clouds of dust when he bounces right nice yeah um but we don't know how to do that in blender yet so (laughs) in 2d no problem that's something that you add in afterwards yeah yeah, and After Effects, I could drop it in no problem. But uh, there, I know in Maya, you can arrange it so that when a character steps, uh, the bottom of the foot is an automatic emitter of particles. Uh, oh, that's yeah. So it's all automatic with the animation, and the physics work accordingly to what you adjust your attributes to be. I can't remember how to set that up, but I know it's possible. I just don't know if Blender has something like that. Um, anyway, uh, moving on. So another artist of mine, um, Amber, but uh, she did this. This is her first pass in Blender, experimenting with both polygon modeling and sculpture uh, in Blender. Because Blender has sculpture built right into it. Not quite as good as ZBrush, but... You know, uh, people are doing a lot of amazing things with it. So that that's just her doing a test on mushrooms because there's going to be a lot of them. You know, I uh, I, I can appreciate a good test. Um, okay. See, yeah, those are the kind of mushrooms that I was thinking for this show. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, she didn't have this design. I didn't have this at first. Um, okay. So she just went to make a mushroom, not necessarily a show style mushroom, just to go about the exercise of doing it within Blender. That's good. Cause like then now, if she knows how to make a real mushroom in real life, she can exaggerate it and make it look more. Yeah. Real. That works. Yeah. So these um, are designs I gave her to some of the different types of mushrooms. That'll be around. Not all of them. There's going to be other crazy vegetation. There's going to be fiddleheads. Uh, there's, you know, ferns and all, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, one step at a time. Right. So, Those yeah. just, these just make me smile. <laughs> these are so cool. I yeah. love them. I love, I love concept art. I do. I just, there's oh, something so I love cool doing it. Stuff. There's just something so cool about seeing like the preliminary stages of where you got to it. You know? Yeah. Um, I've been trying to snag me some uh, concept art from Get a Horse, the Mickey Mouse cartoon. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. I, so I found a I found quite a few of them, but recently I found a couple that I'm really really proud of um, of Mickey, and then one with uh, Horace when he was in his airplane form. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was flying around the theater uh, in the as an airplane, yeah. Oh, God, that, I just. Uh, on a side note, real quick, I got a um, a message from somebody asking me. I don't know if I told you this or not. Someone messaged me saying, "Would Chucky e. Chicken ever be in 3D?" Ooh. And I, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I said, "No, I I don't think so. I don't think Chucky e. would ever be in 3D." However, I will retract that statement and I will say 
that if it if he is done, if the short is done in the style of Get a Horse, I'm all for it. Yeah. Otherwise, don't even touch it. Yeah, that, that could work very well, actually. Um, yeah. I think if you took... If you took some of the... See, you're talking rubber hosey. I I think rigging wise, it would be a challenge, but in terms of uh, 3D and that type of thing, I think it could be very cool. Very cool. Would you yeah. keep it grayscale? Um, maybe. I I again I um, if we were doing the old school Chucky e. Chicken, then absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, I keep them in color. Yeah. Maybe um, like the first scene would start off grayscale and fade into color or something, which is a simple true. editing thing. Yeah. yeah. So here that's you can see how Amber was going about it, right? Like just, yeah. you know, and this is all learning. We're doing a lot of these exercises because none of us know how to use Blender. Oh, it's R&D. Research yeah. and development. This is that's strictly R&D and it is intended for most of this, uh, of these attempts to be failure. Uh, right. But that's how you pay for your road to success. Right. So, uh, Experiment. Remember this. Yeah. So this is uh, our amoeba, basically. <laughs> uh, we're doing two things with this worm. We're experimenting with the stretchy, squashy rig setup. And we are experimenting with the fur uh, elements in Blender um, because Mimsy and Dusty and secondary characters, they're furry. They're going to have fur. Um, so this was a very early attempt. And I'm quite happy. This is sort of how I would want the fur for Dusty um, in terms of length. But Mimsy is a little more uh, prim and proper. Uh, so hers would be a little shorter. So that's nothing. I can edit that out. So did <laughs> I did I show everything? Do you, have an, do you have a test of animation that I could see? Oh, wait a minute. That was, uh, we don't have any 3D animation yet. This is a video. Okay, here we go. So this is from Matt, who is heading up our rigging right now okay. so he's just sort of you know just playing around experimenting right you know seeing what what's the difference in rigging in blender versus maya 3ds max where he's actually much more comfortable in maya um he's never done any rigging in blender so He's going through trying to find the comparison landmarks, right? Because once you find those in a program, like here is some IK kind of stuff, you know. And right. the the idea is like imagine this as being like a rabbit ear, right? Right. If we can make it work on the worm, the idea is it can be extrapolated out to the rabbit, the rabbit. form. Um Excuse me, but you can. There are problems he ran into with uh, axes and uh, stuff like that. So he's redoing it right now. Right. But uh, yeah, the rig is breaking. I can see yeah. exactly where. Yeah. Yeah. Where? Okay. So, wow. This this throws me back to when I was in uh, 
in school. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, and the, you know, we expect all of these exercises when we're do in our group chat. It's the expectation is it didn't work out, but I learned this, so I'm going to try again. And eventually right. we'll get to the point where it does work out and you know, we move on from there. Um, and that's yeah, that's the same thing with my artists too. Like I I encourage them to to draw and to come up with ideas, but um for example, one artist um or not not just one, but a number of artists turn off screen sharing. Oh, down to the bottom. All right. What a disaster. Um, I love research and development. I think that's the most fun and that's that's very much a that's a Disney trait. And I think that that's something that needs to be implemented into every studio and every project because what you learn doing one project, you know, you can re recreate it. Like for example, um, when we were doing our, our crowdfunding video, um, patreon.com slash Chucky Chicken Official, by the way, um, you <laughs> links um, below. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All the links down below, all that fun yeah. stuff. Um, we, uh, we, we did all the animation in Toon Boom and I asked, you know, cause at that time I was working on redesigning the characters a little bit to put uh, colored outlines. Cause I, I always hated the solid black outlines. I always thought me too. I love painted line. I love right. it. Yeah. So I, so um, back in July, yeah, July and August, I went back through all of the characters and I was just like, okay, let's go back and let's redesign them. Let's draw them again. But this time we'll give them that beautiful painted, you know, line. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to continue that anime into the animation. I wanted the animation to also have the painted lines. And I heard that in Toon Boom, it's very easy to do that, which it is. is yeah. It's very true. Uh, so the girl that animated the majority of the crowdfunding video, Laura Van Gallen, who is Inka's sister, um, she did all the animation, but the problem was she did it in a way where it was very, very sloppily done, where it wasn't the crisp line. It was like, eh, 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 eh. Oh, like you could stick right in Toon Boom. Every time you do a stroke, it becomes right. its own thing. Right. It can still right. look good, rough, but it just every brush stroke is its own thing. And yeah. it is good to go to <laughs> Yeah. So I had my show, my co-show runner Rebecca Rodriguez. She did a video, uh, based uh, coloring uh, Laura's animation that she did, mm -hmm. uh, and saying, "Okay, so this is what you need to do. This is the kind of line that you need to make, and so you can do the rough animation and the pencil test in black line, which mm -hmm. is fine. But then when it comes to doing the final, you got to go back and recolor all the lines yeah. using the. I do tool. think there is a merge feature in Toon Boom where you can merge all the lines into one thing. I just can't remember how to do it. I'm not extremely I, I, I versed in Toon Boom. I was thinking that too, but then if you merged all the lines, then if you selected one, it would select it would just do all of them. And that's not what we wanted to do. Yeah. So like yeah. we wanted Chucky's comb to have the red outline and then we wanted his 
face to have like the the darker peach color outline and you know his his hands to have the darker brown with the brownish orange inside and by doing just that one little bit changing the lines because i i it's night and day yeah because i one intro where it's the black outline and the color and then the colored lines and the and it just a thousand percent better and even with dapple lantern if you look at it that's the first like actual cartoon that we released where we did that and i'm just like we're doing that from now on with everything like i looks way better in my opinion it's subjective some people are fans of the black line i like painted line i i just find it adds a lot to it but uh cool so coming up between now and episode three um what is on your to-do list? Well, now we're on layout, so we're going to be getting the backgrounds completely done for the cartoon, and then we're also going to be doing the layout drawings, the keyframes for all the scenes, um, finalizing the props and getting those set up. Um, I also am working with a composer to get the music for the cartoon done as well, um, so that'll be interesting. Tomorrow I have a meeting with one of my composers um, to go over because she went and she uh, recomposed Grim Grinning Giblets, um, but I feel she could do a little bit of a better job. So I just kind of want to get her thought process on it and because like, oh, how'd you do this or would you do that? Right. So that's so that's on the agenda um, as well as so for next week, Saturday, the goal is to get the first half of the cartoon uh keyed out um no major animation at this point just keying out all the key poses getting the timing down right and really planning out the shots you know i i've always had a bad habit of just rushing into the animation and not really doing the timing so this is the first time that we've actually doing the layout step so so important i mean when the animatic works and is timed right to the frame makes the layout process much easier. Um, a lot of us um, independents will, our layout process is intermixed with the storyboard process in that we will do the bulk of the background design in the storyboard process so mm-hmm. that when we go to layout, uh, there's not a lot of work to be done uh, with that. That's the problem with being an independent. You're jack of all trades and you have to wear many hats. And yes. some of them you're really good at. Some of them you're not great at at all, but it has to be done. Right. Um, it's it's tough. And I learned that with um, with Grim Grinning Giblets. That's why Laura and Inka are working with us. Because yeah. um, um, I don't know if I told you the story or not, but when, we, when I came up with the idea for the short, um, I came up with it in June of 2019. Um, and I didn't meet Laura until I want to say about October of 2019. So for that whole like four or five month period, um, I was struggling. I did all the storyboards. I did, you know, the animatic, I did the voiceovers. I got all that, all the pre-production stuff done, which was fantastic. But then when it came to do, and then I was starting to do the, the backgrounds and the environments, which I suck at backdrops. I just, I don't know what it is. I just, I can't do them. I, I've tried. They don't look good. I'm more of a character developer. I'm more of a mm-hmm. character 
you know, I can do model sheets. I can whip up a good model sheet. I can come up with a good idea about putting the characters in the world and making it look believable. I, you know, or, you know, making the world around them believable. That's not my, you know, I will put a character in your world, but I, you know, whichever world, you know, it's up to you. Uh, So, so uh, I brought Laura on and she came on and she did a pencil test of the knocking of the door scene. And of course she got hired right on the spot. I'm like, you're hired, you know, let's do it. And, um, as I'm working and we're working together, I was struggling. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do backdrops. And she's like, well, my sister can, do you want me to ask her? And I'm like, Oh my God, yes, please. Mm. And it was because at the time, um, um, we had a background, we had two background artists at the time. One of them had worked with me before in mm-hmm. 2012 on Chicken Fright, which was the, 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 the precursor to Grim Grain. And then the second one, uh, the second guy was a friend of mine uh, who I met you know, delivering pizzas and he is an amazing artist. And he came on board to help and he was going to do the watercolor backdrops and everything. Right. Well, he, he turned in his, his backdrop for the foyer scene and it, it didn't come out right. Like, number one, he had done a portrait instead of landscape. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And he his, his, the colors weren't that good. And I was just like, oh, my God, this yeah. isn't what I want. Then Imka comes in and she shows her foyer. And I'm just like, you got the Like, it's perfect. It's exactly the way I was imagining it. And I'm just like. Okay, so yeah. we gotta make we gotta you know uh, we gotta switch some positions here, and then the, the two other older artists ended up leaving the project, which was fine. And the name has been on ever since, and she did all the backdrops in the cartoon, which God bless her. And then we reused a bunch of of, of uh, layouts for that, and then Inca, and then Laura and I animated the whole damn thing. So wow. that was wow. just it's a lot of work. A lot of, and we did that in two months. We did that. We started in October. We got the cartoon done in December, mm-hmm. and that's a five-minute cartoon. So, um, but uh, it, it. So I've learned that lesson. R and D, research and development. It's so important. It, you know, you learn the techniques that make it better, and then you bring those techniques to the next project, and then. Yeah. Even doing that one, you're pushing the bar and saying, okay, well, we learned how to do that, but what happens if we do this with the sticks? Do you want to yeah. see what happens? Yeah. So it's just it's like this, it's like a science lab. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like you're try, always trying to steal second base, you know? And oh, yeah. you get a little more confident, you, you get a little further away from first base, but it's always there to dive back to when everything hits the fan. You know, because right. sometimes you get a little bit too ambitious and you you can see your project is about to either explode or implode. And, you know, you might be best to go back to three, four or five version, versions ago. I saved my files version one, two, three, four, five. Um, you might be best to go back or sometimes you got to start over. So. Yeah, but uh, cool. Well, that's uh, going to be a, an exciting update next week yes. to see that. For me, uh, I'm going to be continuing with boarding on the 11 minute pilot and editing the animatic and uh, providing feedback for the art team 
as they continue through their exercises in Blender. Um, when everything is done, my role in Blender will be animating. And uh, I've got another couple people on board to actually animate with the characters too. But before we can do that, uh, we got to give the the pre uh, pre development team, well, you know, the other artists, a time, because we want it to look good. Our our quality bar, we we really want to try to get as close to that. Uh, you ever see that Pixar short with the sheep that bounces around? Oh, bounding, absolutely. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really trying to uh, shoot for something that's close to that. Um, that's and we'll see how far we get. My philosophy has always been shoot for the moon and see how far the cannonball goes, right? Right. So, is that, if anything, you'll hit a star at least. Yeah. So uh, you, you don't know until you try. So anyway, well, yeah, man, that's it for episode two. I really uh, – I think this one went better than episode one. <laughs> Dude, this was probably our best like podcast yet that we've ever done. It was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, so thanks for everybody for watching. Um, uh, so far, as of episode two, the podcasts are only available in video form on YouTube, but that is going to change. Uh, I'm just working out that stuff so that. Because I have to have a whole separate thing from Drawn to a Podcast. I can't have two podcasts on the same audio release thing, you know, uh, like well, on Podbean. Okay. Um, so I I have to have a separate Pod Podbean account for this podcast. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, thanks, Michael. Thank you, Brian. Always a pleasure. I'm Absolutely. super excited. And uh, we'll talk uh, later for episode three. Woo! See you in a week. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.